Hello, this is William Eastman of Green Market Consulting Group. Um, this is part of our podcast series uh, exclusively for the Georgia Urban Ag Council. And we are, we are running this season a four-part series on growing your own managers. Okay, I like that little pause in there because then we can, I can let your mind kind of wander. And the idea behind this is that as uh, Greenmark, one of the things that we've learned over years on helping um, landscape companies grow to their potential is that one of the major obstacles, if you were to pick the top two or three, is always the lack of managerial talent. In other words, you're ready to grow. The owner is ready. I'm assuming you're the owner. You're ready to take yourself out of the day-to-day, and you need to, you need to turn that over or delegate it to somebody, and then you look around and you're going, there's really nobody to do that to. And our philosophy is, is only go on the outside when you absolutely have to. Um, one reason for that would be there's a particular set of skills that you need that simply are not in the company lights. Let's say there's a new technology out there that you want to deploy, you want to use drones, and you need somebody who's going to manage that piece of it. Maybe you hire from the outside. But for the most part, the more that you can grow from the inside, the better, and it gives you a couple benefits. One of the large ones, and we'll discuss it in the, art, in the article, um, is this idea of landscaping is a career, not just a job. And one of the things that we've been helping our clients with is making that transition because there's a tendency, you got a position open, let's get a warm body in it. And especially now in this tight labor market, how difficult that may be to do. Uh, on the other hand, what we've been doing with our clients, and we've been moderately successful only because of how tight the labor market is and what we currently pay in the landscape industry, which is a little bit below some of the other industries, is that if you're looking, if you're looking to trade time for money, go someplace else. But if you're looking for a career, you don't want to live in a cubicle. You don't want to stare at a computer screen all day, but rather you'd, you want to be creative, work with your hands and work outside. This is a great career for you. And so given that premise, our goal is then to grow our own managers because then what you'll have are people who understand a company and have positive uh, habits in terms of how you want to run the business. So that's what we've been doing, and um, this is the third in the series, and this one is called Promoting Smart. Now, if you'd like to check out the other two, all you've got to go is to the, the Georgia Urban Ed Council website for the magazine, and you can take a look at winter uh, 2017 for the first article or spring 2018 for the second article, and this is for the summer um, edition, which is coming out shortly, okay? And so... It's really the same issues that we discussed in Articles 1 and 2. We're just taking those forward. Um, and, of course, you can apply this if you had to hire from the outside. There's nothing that we covered in the first two articles or we're going to cover today um, that does not apply as well. Um, but I would say to you, again, let's emphasize, let's hire from within rather than going external. All right, so I want to do two things. I want to talk about what technical skills are required for the position, and then I'm going to talk about what are the attributes or personal characteristics required, and there's not many. And so on the skill side, I want you to think about it like this. There are three skill sets that are required in any business, any organization, even in nonprofits, and that is you need to have technical skills, you need to have people skills, and you need to have conceptual skills. And how much of those, what combinations are a function of what level the organization you have. But let me define them first before I talk about what the levels look like, okay? Technical skills is as it sounds. 
This is specific knowledge and skills about the landscape business. And so if, if you're predominantly in landscape maintenance, um, does anybody have the technical skills required to run a lawnmower, to do mulching, uh, edging, pruning, all the things that go on with landscape maintenance? Or in your design build business, is it the skill sets of uh, maybe operating a backhoe, um, as well as uh, maybe some masonry skills? And if you're in turf, is, is the person, have they done this before? Perhaps have, are they certified environmentally or by OSHA to use it? So these are pretty set, okay? And you must have those uh, skill sets if you're going to work in the company, you're going to be at a laborer level. And I'm not going to use the word laborer anymore because I'm going to call them technicians because I want to elevate the position. Otherwise, again, if it sounds like this is just a general laborer job, then uh, you're going to get uh, people trading time for money. And so in order to move up the first rung of the ladder, the individual has to demonstrate competence here. Now, people's skills, again, as it sounds, is that do they have the ability to work with people? And as you, as you know, if you've been in the industry for any period of time or if you've been in any organization for a period of time, is people just plain weird. And so everybody brings kind of their own baggage to work. They've got their own personal quirks and characteristics. And so your leadership ability is basically I've got a job to get done, and then i got all these weird personalities and, character, and characters working in my company. How do I find a way of communicating with them so they understand, I gain commitment, and they do the work. You can always rely on coercion, uh, but that's simply not the best tool. In other words, I can crack the whip and get performance, but especially in this job market is that quickly will drive people out, and then I create this cycle of, well, I really need a warm body because i got a bunch of jobs coming up and i got nobody to do them. And so people skills are essential, and then conceptual skills are the things around that are more global or strategic about running the business okay and so do i understand for example the big picture how this company makes money now i'm not saying you'll have to share your profit and loss statement but fundamentally nobody can be in management for example if they don't understand how the company uh, delivers what it delivers and satisfies customers and is able to keep as much money as possible um, it's the ability to solve complex problems because in a management position, very seldom is the root cause, the, the, the thing that is causing this problem apparent. So do I have the ability to look at something and go, rather than treating the symptom, which is what I'm probably looking at, what is really the underlying cause behind this? Because if I make that go away, this goes away. If I treat the symptom, I'm only going to be dealing with this later today or tomorrow or next week. And then finally, I have to understand how my position or what I'm doing in the company is making an impact on the business. And of course, that gets me back. If I don't see the big picture, there's no way I can look at my position and say, this is how I'm making an impact. And so those are the three skill sets. So if you look at it and we take an organization and we kind of split it at levels, is that if I'm a technician, I'm hired for my technical skills or I'm hired for my ability to learn those technical skills. And that's predominantly what I'm hired to do, what I'm paid to do. And one of the traps is that as I move from there into a first-line supervisor position is now technical skills are still required. Uh, however, I got a new skill set I better have, and that is my ability to communicate and lead people. Because if I don't, then the job isn't going to get done. And what, what is the trap, and this happens in just about every company, 
in every industry is we promote people for past performance. In other words, you're a great technician, and suddenly I think that you should be in charge. And that's not necessarily true. Now, I can't promote an incompetent person because then there's no respect. Well, number one is they'll be unable to give orders unless they're just passing down something that I told them to do. But also, more importantly, they're not going to have the respect of the people underneath them. And so you have to have some measure of technical skills, but technical skills are not the essential skill set now. It's people skills, because what I've got to do is I've got to basically manage the flow of work through these other individuals. I'm not doing it myself. And so one of the things I want to take a look at when I promote is I might not want to promote the best technician who has poor people skills. What I may want to do is hire a technician who's pretty good, but has great people skills. They have to be competent, but they don't have to be your best. What they have to have is people skills. Um, conceptual skills go up a little bit. You need to have more of that. Now, if I'm taking a first-line supervisor or, let's say, a foreman or a crew leader, I don't know what language you use. In the article, I call them crew leaders, and you want to move them up the next level. Now, suddenly, technical is important, but has less importance. The people skills stay the same. In fact, they, in fact, increase a little bit. Because in that role, you may have more people reporting to you. But it's conceptual skills that's really the issue now. Because if I don't understand the business, and I can't solve complex problems, and I don't know how day-to-day -day I'm impacting the bottom line of the company, I cannot make it as a manager. Because that's really what you're hiring them to do. As they make decisions about technical and people decisions, it all comes down to the impact on the business. And matter of fact, what... I tell most business owners is the way you've got to start every day is the, is the look at your list of things that got to get done and the way you prioritize them is what's the number one thing that will have the greatest impact on the business right now. And that's my number one. I don't care what's in your in-basket or in your inbox. I don't care what's screaming at you. I want to put my energy into what has the greatest impact on the business. And then number two, I want to move on to number two. And so as you see it, and uh, you see that this mix of skills. To summarize, dismissive skills is technicians. What they need is basically high technical skills, some people skills, not much conceptual. First-line supervisors need a little bit um, uh, more conceptual. They need a little less technical, and what they need a bunch of are people skills. And then my managers need less technical. They probably have a little less people skills required, and now the big issue becomes conceptual. So those are the skill sets, and I, in a minute, I'll talk about how to develop that. Now, the other side of this, so what are the personal attributes or characteristics of the individual, um, the things that they need to have in order to be successful in the job? And there are only two here. One of them is self-management, and the other one is the ability to work under pressure. Now, on the self-management side, you go back to the previous article, the, the last two articles that we did, we talk a lot about the self-management or the management of time. People say, well, I have no time. That's not really true, is that if I look at my day, the events that are occurring, some of them are controllable and some of them are not. The ones that are controllable, i got to control because if I'm going to manage a business or if I'm a business owner and I'm going to run the whole operation, I've got to be dictating some part of my daily schedule has to conform to what I must do. If 100% of your time is being reactive, you're not being a business owner, you're just a glorified supervisor or crew leader. And same is true with managers, probably not as much. But 
what managers have to understand is that their calendar is theirs, and if their time is being absorbed by other people, they've got to say to themselves, how much of that is my fault because I'm allowing it to happen? Otherwise, I live as a mercy of events, and I'm not a very good manager, and then what happens next is that all of us in a management position have to work under pressure, but now the pressure that I'm under is almost insurmountable, okay? And so if you take a look at a typical manager's job, it's characterized by performing a great quality of work at a very uh, quantity of work, excuse me, hopefully it's quality, but it's quantity at an unrelenting pace. Also, it has a great deal of variety, it's highly fragmented, and it hits me in short bursts. So again, I got to get back to this issue. If I can manage my calendar, I can begin to put together blocks of time. And so this issue of high fragmentation and high variety and these short bursts of time, I can get a little bit more time to give it some thought and really get the job done rather than making a snap decision on something that comes back to bite me in the backside, okay? As we say to all managers, control what you can control. Um, you can't do any more than that. Most managers don't control anything. All right, so now what I did is I laid out the attributes and skills that you need for success. Now, the next step is how do I then use that information to develop future managers, okay? Well, here's what I'm going to tell you. This is, by the way, this is also a great recruiting tool, which I opened with, and that is... Um, what does a career in landscaping look like? And you hire new employees. One of the things you want to be able to tell them is how they move up rather than having them thinking, well, I'm going to do this job for a while, then it's going to get boring, and then by then I'm going to be someplace else. Okay? So I would start at the bottom, and I would create two levels of technician, technician two and technician one. Or you can pick whatever language you'd like or titles you, you want to call them. But the idea is, is that most companies, most landscape companies, certainly all of our clients, when they hire a new person on, they're in a probationary, a probationary period, whether it's 30, 60, or 90 days. Let's assume it's 90 days. Um, that's ample amount of time for the person to learn the job you hired them to do and for you for, to assess whether or not there's a future working with this individual. And so that technician two level is you assign them to a job. They're going to run a lawnmower. Um, they're going to handle the backhoe. They're going to, uh, they're going to be doing laying stone. Uh, they're going to be out spraying, you know, whatever it is, is that once they've mastered that, then what you want to do is you want to give them a promotion because that's kind of a psychological issue, and you want, to, you want to give them a little bit more money. Now what I want to do with this individual is I want to begin the cross-training. So, for example, in a design-build area, are they doing all the jobs of design-build? If they're not, then unless it's highly technical or requires certifications, I want to then take that technician one and start putting them in those other roles. If they've learned everything in design build and we're doing landscape maintenance, I want to send them over to landscape maintenance. And I'm, I'm not talking about permanent movement. It may be one day a week they're over there working. Now, what am I doing? One is I'm giving them a greater variety of skills. Okay, I'm keeping them challenged so the job doesn't get thoroughly boring. And number three is I'm giving them a sense of what the company looks like. I'm giving them a sense of this breadth of the company. And so instead of sitting down and explaining to them how the company makes money, many times what's happening here is by osmosis, by doing those jobs, they can see that. And what I want to do is I want to get them cross-trained to where basically I can use this individual any place in the company. Now what I have is candidate ready for promotion. And that takes me to the next position. 
Now, whether you call it foreman, crew leader, first line supervisor, I don't care. I'm going to use crew leader. But you want to create two levels here. You want to create an assistant crew leader and a crew leader. And what's the assistant crew leader? They are a technician one who's now moved in this position. And obviously, a new title, you bump them a little in pay. Okay. And so, again, you're rewarding them for growing in the company. And their job is basically to be a crew leader in training. And what you want to do is you want the crew leader to train the assistant in two areas. One is now how do they manage the flow of work? Rather than doing the individual job, how do they manage the flow of work as it passes through uh, their particular area? Number two, you're putting leadership responsibilities on them in terms they've got to run those crews. And you can begin to help and coach them on how to talk and deal with people. Now, of course, what you've now done is you've created the future crew leader because your managers should be coming from your first-line supervision. Well, if you can't replace them, you can't promote them. So the idea of the assistant crew leader is that I've got a, a, a crew leader in training. And so what happens when I grow the company and let's say I need a manager or director of operations? I need somebody now to run ops. Uh, on all the jobs that we're doing design build or doing all landscape maintenance or it could be all of them together now I take the crew leader but before I do that here's what I want to do I want to now do the same thing as I did with the technician 2 to technician 1 only in this particular case now I want to move them from different leadership roles so they're the crew leader here let's say they're a crew leader on a team in, um, in uh, maintenance Maybe I want to move them over to design build for a while and put them in a leadership position there with a really good crew to understand running this business, not just doing the work, but running it. And since I've already done this with them at a lower level when they were techs, they're not going in cold. They know the players over there, and they also know what's required of them. And I begin to give them an opportunity to manage all of those. Now, what am I going to get here? I get an opportunity to watch these people operate and they get the chance to develop and demonstrate their management chops. They can show me whether or not they can deal with complex problems. They can show me whether they understand how the business operates. They can show me if they understand how to maximize the impact of what they do daily is on the business while also they're demonstrating their ability to deal with people. And now suddenly what I've got is I've got my seed corn for growth. And so if you look at it from that standpoint, bring in a new person, imagine explaining to them that you start here, you go here, and then you make the leap up into a leadership position, then you go to crew leader, and now you move to management. I've just defined five stages in their growth, and depending upon how fast your landscape company is growing, um, this may take two years, it may take four years for somebody to move through that, but they've got to, they can see a, a, a career path, and they can also see where they're going to make more money. And your mat and the people that you promote, crew leaders that you move up, you've got a, a great handle on what managers should be looking at. Now, that was fast. Um, if you want to know more about this, then uh, here's what I would recommend. You get a hold of us and contact us at 833-RU-GREEN. And it should be on the article, but 833-RU-GREEN is the phone number for, uh, for Green Mark. Uh, consulting group and my name is Bill Eastman and I'll be here to help you so if you want to put together a training plan on how to develop and grow your managers um, piece of cake just give a call and we'll get her done uh, thanks for listening and I'll catch you on the um, fall 2018 program <music>